Welcome to this Sunday message for Sunday the 4th of February 2024. Let's start by just reading from the Word. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Yeshua. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. As we study it today, thank you that it will change us and equip us, as always, to serve you better. We pray that no force of darkness will interfere with this word and that we will receive it with willing hearts and willing minds in the precious name of Yeshua. Amen. The title of this message is Train the Brain. Train the Brain. This is possibly a message that many of us children of God don't really want to hear, (laughs) but we have to face the reality of what God expects of us on this earth. As you said before, the moment you and I get born again into this new kingdom, things have to change. The Bible does say old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And yes, our spirit man is now alive and well. But the truth is that we have been living in this world system in some cases for many years before we get saved. And what happens is, this world system forms us according to its likeness. We, without realizing it, by just simply being in the earth, get programmed by the earth. The world system around us has got what you might call a narrative. In other words, a way of thinking. Now, when you and I become children of God, something we just have got to grasp is that our old way of thinking is no longer good enough. It has to change. It has to change. And you see, that change is not automatic. You and I have got to do it. We have got to pay the price to change. Now, Sad to say, many children of God either don't understand this or are not prepared to do it, because it does take discipline. If you think of the analogy of your and my physical body, you can read as much about exercise as we wish, but just reading about it will never ever make the change. Your and my body, unless we are prepared to exercise it properly, and of course feed it properly, will naturally just degenerate over time. It will go to seed. It's important, obviously, before we start exercising the physical body, just to have some basic understanding. And the understanding is not that difficult to grasp. Very simply, muscles develop. They have to be fed the right food, and they have to be exercised. And as we exercise our physical body, our muscles, our bone structure, etc., they all respond to that and they develop. There's a process, you see, involved. 
We cannot just look at someone else's physique and say, well, I wish I was like that and hope to God that one day it will happen. Well, every one of us is given a different kind of body and some perhaps are more athletic than others. There is a responsibility to take care of what God has given us so that these bodies of ours will last as long as possible to do His service on this earth. But that aside, the same thing applies to the mind. Do you know that you and my mind, in the same way as our bodies are trained, have got to be trained? And you see, what we've got to grasp is that this process requires discipline. It requires discipline. You and I don't have to know exactly how the mind works, but there are certain principles that we can learn that makes it possible and gives us desire to train our minds. If we fail to train our brains as children of God, we'll be trying to live in this world system as children of a different system. It becomes very frustrating for us. It's almost like trying to run a computer program with the wrong system. It doesn't work. It's trying to stuff a round peg into a square hole. Children of God, we have got to train our brain. Gird up the loins of our minds. That phrase refers to the old way of dressing, you see. In those days, men wore something like a skirt. And the imagery is, when they had to do some manual labor or go to battle, they'd have to gather up the skirt and stick it into their belt so that their legs were free to actually get the job done. That's the imagery. We have to take hold. See, we have to do something. We have to take hold of our minds and get them ready for work. Now, it's important to have a bit of understanding. Obviously, we don't have to be neurosurgeons, but there's common sense advice which you find in the Word. One of the most important scriptures that we often refer to is found in Romans. Let's just go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First off, you'll notice something there. The use of that word conformed. In 1 Peter 1.13, it speaks about obedient children not conforming yourselves to the lusts of this world. As we mentioned earlier, the world has a narrative. And the whole idea is, with this world system, to gradually get your and my thinking to conform, to be in alignment with. And the moment your and my minds conform to the world system, the devil can wash his hands and carry on. We will self-destruct. And that's what's happening all around. As we think, so we become, you see. Now, what we've got to grasp is that God has got a narrative as well. And that narrative runs completely contrary to the world system. This whole understanding of renewing the mind is conforming our mind and our thinking to God's thinking. That's where this discipline has to come in. And can I just say it doesn't come easy. You see, if you and I do not conform 
to God's way. Even though we may call ourselves Christians, we may believe that one day we will go to heaven. While we're on this earth, we will be living to a large extent, as the Bible says, like mere men, like everybody else. Now, we've got to understand this. To begin with, let's realize something. God's ways are not our ways. It's important to accept that for a start. And the process is trying to renew our thinking so that we can think the way God thinks. It sounds very simple, but it's not really. It's very challenging, actually. I don't think we Christians really realize how radical this Bible is that we have in our hands. But let's just go back to this scripture about renewing the mind. Very interesting word, that renewing. If you look at the root of it, it has the essence of propping something up again. You see? Propping something up again. I like to think of it this way. We have to set up again. Now, the world system has, over time, with you and I living here, set our minds up, as it were, to receive its narrative. It's a setup. I remember when the world was hit with this COVID virus. The reason that COVID virus could be used with devastating consequences and used by governments to control populations was simply because it was accompanied with fear. That virus in itself was given power by mankind because of fear. Do you remember having to wear those masks and live in confinement? None of which actually did anything to stop the spread of the virus. But you see, why could this whole bogus pandemic, as it were, be foisted on humanity? Well, the reason is, as I pointed out at the time, the devil had set up the thinking of people through media. A number of movies had gone out with people wearing masks, terrible viruses, pandemics on the earth. People living in a state of fear were set up. So when this pandemic came, it was very easy to put the narrative on everybody that you better stay at home, you better wear a mask, you better shut everything down because you're in mortal danger. Now, I'm not saying the virus didn't have a lot of devastating consequences on people's lives. Yes, a lot of people died from it, but it was nothing compared with the flu pandemic which hit the world in the early 1900s. You see, the world was set up, and that's the devil's strategy all the time for you and I to be set up so that what? He can push his narrative on us. Now, you see, we have a responsibility to do exactly the opposite. We require to set up our mind according to the way God thinks, so that we can pick up God's narrative. You'll see in that Roman scripture, it goes on to say, renewing your mind, that you, that's us, may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see that? The good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Turn that around, and here's the stark truth. If you and I, 
do not renew our minds. We fail to do it. We carry on thinking like we've always thought, as every other rational human, we might say, thinks. We are unable, unable to pick up what is God's narrative. We won't find out what his good, acceptable and perfect will is. We won't know. We won't be able to. That might sound shocking, but that's the truth. We'll be trying to run a program with the wrong system, operating system. If you bring in a program that works with a different operating system, you've got problems. That's the same with the Word of God, you see. You're on my mind. If we haven't renewed it, the Word of God comes our way. You know what happens? It bounces off. It just bounces off. The extreme case is what the Bible refers to as a scoffer, a scorner in some translations. You see, the scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. He can't find it. Why? It comes his way and it bounces off his thinking. The reason being, he's a scoffer, you see. He laughs at the things of God. He will not let God's word change his mind. And that is the starting point for you and I, you see, this discipline. The starting point is to tremble at God's word. That doesn't mean every time you hear the word of God, we go, shake, rock and roll. No, it means respecting the word. What does that translate into in everyday terms? You see, if you and I realize God's ways are not our ways, when we come across God's thinking, when we read his word, We've got to have this attitude, an attitude of humility, which means that even though, and this is the important thing, we may not understand something, we do not reject it. Let me just say that again. You see, when God's words come our way, the real truth of God's word, a lot of what he has to say is very difficult for us humans living in this system to grasp. What we've got to realize is that even though we may not grasp it at first, that does not mean that we cannot grasp it. But if we throw up our hands and say, oh, well, that's impossible, it can't be true, we will never, ever be positioned to receive God's narrative, his truth. We will never find out what exactly his will is for our lives. Many people are living way beyond what God has called them to. And the reason is, they can't grasp what God wants them to do. It seems like impossible. It seems like that cannot be. I think of Gideon, busy threshing the wheat in the wine press, you see, for fear. And the angel comes and tells him, you mighty man of God. He gets such a shock. In his mind, Gideon was convinced that he was worthless. Many children of God are like that. The devil's lied to them, you see. Told us you're useless. You've blown it so much it's impossible. God can't use you. And when somebody comes along or there's a prophecy to the effect of what God wants to do with our lives, it just bounces off. We've got to realize that, yes, it might be very difficult to grasp, but it doesn't have to stay that way. That's the whole understanding of renewing the mind. Once again, the analogy of weight training there might be a certain weight at the gym that you look at and you think, I'll never be able to lift that. Never. But because it might be very daunting from the position that we hold now, doesn't mean that it can't be done. 
What it does mean, however, is A, we've got to realize it can be done, and B, we have to pay the price to be able to do it, which means what? Starting where we are and beginning with the process, the discipline of training. It all boils down to discipline. Children of God, if we want to move ahead with God, we have to be disciplined. Many of us in this day and age, and in any age, don't want to hear that. We don't. But when you and I become children of God, we are not our own anymore. We can't just do as we please. And it gets even more refined in the sense of, you and I, if we understand it correctly, can't just speak as we please. When you and I understand the power of words, just cannot say whatever we feel. And it goes further than that. The truth is, you and I cannot just think as we please. We have to rein in the brain. Let's just go to 2 Corinthians 10, 4-6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds. So far, so good. We're mighty in God. Hallelujah. But it goes on. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, we can live with that. But listen to this. Bringing every thought. Hallelujah. <laughs> bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. There's a discipline that we have to apply to our mind. Your and my mind has, as we all know, got a mind of its own. That mind of yours and mine has a habit of running off with ideas. We have to learn how to rein those ideas in. And how do we rein them in? Well, we have to make sure that our thinking conforms with the thinking of God, as expressed in the Word of God. Now, you see, what's happened is that very often in the past, if we are unaware of this, we bumble into the scriptures that we are supposed to read, we read them. We read things like Christ walking on the water, for example, or Christ raising the dead. The natural mind rebels against that because we know gravity and you sink. We know death, you're dead. But you see, God doesn't see things that way. Now, we read this, we've got a choice to make. Very subtle choice that even though we're not aware of it, we very often make in our subconscious. We can choose to say, well, God, I don't understand this, but it must be true because it's written in your word. And I choose to think that it happened and agree with your word. We've got to train our brain to do that on every occasion. If we don't, if we don't consciously gird up the loins of our mind, what does happen and what has happened is that subconsciously our mind clicks into what I'll call religious mode. We'll say, oh, well, that's the Bible. That was for that time. That was Jesus. That was Christ. That's not for now. That's not real. That's just, in a sense, we're saying the Bible's myth and legend. That thinking we've got to address. We've got to challenge it. As we challenge it on a regular basis, our minds begin to be transformed. They begin to be set up to hear God's word. If you and I have consistently scoffed at the word of God without 
openly saying that. But we've been quite happy to sit in Sunday, listen to the message and reduce that just to Sunday. Monday, business as normal. Then we are walking in the street and God wants to tell us to go and pray for that person over there who's in a wheelchair. He might speak that word to us. Because our mind is not renewed, what will happen? Bounces off. That's ridiculous. Amen. However, if we have consistently chosen every time we've come across something in the word that maybe our brain doesn't like, doesn't accept, we make a conscious choice. I don't maybe understand it, but I'm going with it. I'm going with this, what God has said. Meditating on the scripture is exactly that. Changing our thinking process to align with what God has said and with what God thinks. If we do that consistently, something happens. The Bible speaks there about the transforming of the mind. The Greek word is the well-known word metamorphosis. You and I cannot make the transformation take place. This is so important to grasp. It's a supernatural thing. It's a process of revelation. Paul prayed for revelation for his people. Revelation of God's word. Only God can reveal these things to us. But as we've learned, if we're not prepared to position our mind, he can't do that. That revelation cannot take place. We are short-circuiting the process. We end up, as Christians, ever hearing the word of God, but never changing. Never, ever changing. But you see, this process of metamorphosis, that chrysalis, that worm in the cocoon, with the right food and the right time, it metamorphoses into a beautiful butterfly. You and my mind is capable of that. But it won't just happen. That's the point. It won't just happen. We have to train it. And that means what? Constantly, constantly exposing our brain to the Word of God to God's written word, to what God already has said, and pick up the narrative that is in there. What is the narrative? Well, in him all things are possible. Nothing can stop you and I from achieving the purposes of God. No sickness, no poverty, no nothing can stop us. That's the truth. That's the narrative. But you see, if you in my mind has consistently poo-pooed the word of God and said, oh, well, that's just for the apostles. Favorite line of the theologian. Oh, that's past. You see? What happens there? We train our brain to think the wrong way. It's been proved so many times that the mind has pathways. And if we think a certain thought enough in a certain way, it becomes a pathway. It becomes automatic. It's like driving your car to work. The first day at the office, you have to find your way to the office. But if you've done that every day for the last three months or whatever, it becomes automatic. Your mind can think of the work that you have to do at the office. You drive to the office subconsciously. Your brain has developed pathways that make it just second nature. What the Bible speaks of as the spirit of our mind. That is the change, the transformation that's got to take place. Our minds have to be consistently bombarded with the thinking that God is all-powerful, God is able, God is on our side, God has given us a purpose, God wants the best for us, 
God is going to use us, the devil is under our feet, etc., etc., etc. Will the world system bombard you with that? Automatically? <laughs> Definitely not. You and I look at the news and it will bombard you and I with exactly the opposite. And it is bombardment, by the way. It's a total onslaught on you and my brain. Constantly, we are being pushed by media, especially through our cell phones, especially through social media, to think the way the world thinks. It takes Herculean effort to say, I'm not going to think the way the world thinks. I'm going to focus on God's way of thinking. I want to see things the way God sees them. And not just by choice all the time, automatically, you see. That's where the transformation takes place. Most people would be healed from depression and distraction of the mind if we just grasp this truth. Instead of bombarding our minds with worries and cares of the world, rather bombard our minds with the thinking of God. And that, you see, is the process of renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. Constantly choosing to believe what God has said. It starts off as a brutal truth. I remember one man wanted to dispute the Bible and its veracity and being highly intellectual. He asked me this question, how can a snake speak? Got hung up about this snake right at the beginning in Genesis in the Garden of Eden. How can a snake speak? You see, and the thinking was, well, a serpent can't speak, so that means the Bible isn't true. Now, to be honest with you, I don't really know how a snake can speak. But I do know that God has written it in his word. And if I can use this term, I'm fool enough just to believe it. One day I will understand how a snake speaks. But you see, what's the purpose of that scripture? The devil's always speaking to us. In one form or another, we have to discern it. And you see, that's the whole story about this business of renewing the mind. Discern the serpent's speech. Recognize the narrative the world wants to put on us. And you see, as we have trained our brains, we will become more and more perceptive to the world's narrative and to be able to reject it and rather to see God's narrative to be consumed, as it were, by God's narrative. That's what God wants. Do you think God wants people walking the earth, his children, living in fear like everybody else, having to run to sedatives to make it through the day? Is that God's plan? Definitely not. But you see, it's easy to take a sedative. What's not easy? To take the word of God and to take the brain, take our brains and discipline them. That brain of yours and mine is a fantastic piece of equipment, but as I always say, it's a terrible master. We have to take the brain in hand, gird up the loins of the mind, get our minds to think the right thoughts. And you see, the way the mind is designed is it's what I call momentum, mind momentum. The brain thinks along terms and thoughts. What happens is one thought coming into our brain spawns another thought. If we follow it according to God's plan, 
It's following a prophetic flow. That if we follow according to the world system, that mind of yours and mine will run away with itself. And it will get us into depression and to a whole lot of muck. Terrible things out there. What have we got to do? Well, what did we read in Corinthians, you see? Bring every thought into captivity. When our minds want to go off in a certain direction, we've got to say, oh no, you don't. Come back. (laughs) Come back. I'm not letting you go there. We have to take hold of our brains. Hope we're getting this message. We have to take our minds in hand and bring them into subjection to the thinking of Christ. As we do that on a regular basis, as we go to the gym of our minds regularly, so to speak, and we do the weightlifting that we need, what happens? Well, that muscle develops and it becomes automatic. You and my body can be nice and strong, so when some virus comes its way, it just naturally chases it away. We don't get sick. We're not sickly people. It goes beyond that, of course. It's not so much waiting for some thought to come that we can rein it in. The Bible's more proactive than that. Let's just read Philippians 4, 8-9. We know this well as well. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. There's such a lot of truth in that we can't go there now. But basically, think on the right things. Be proactive. If you're troubling to get to sleep, what happens, you see? You and I maybe put in our brain a little seed, some negative information about the world, whatever, and it sits subconsciously in our brain. And we try to get to sleep, and what happens? That thought from our subconscious rises up and we start having terrible dreams and we get distraught and we wake up and it's a terrible feeling, isn't it? When you try to have a sleep, you wake up the next day and you feel tired. Well, if we understand this principle, what's the best thing to do? Fill our minds with a positive thought before we go to sleep. Let that seed sink into our spirit man and at night bring to our attention beautiful thoughts wonderful dreams, and wake up peaceful the next day. We've got to take our brains in hand. Children of God, it is discipline. We'd rather hear a wonderful message of how wonderful we are, and we are wonderful. But there's more. We have to learn that God wants us well and healed. We cannot accept any lie from the devil to the contrary. We cannot cannot afford to go and expose ourselves to teaching where God's word is watered down because that word inside of us will make our brains addled. So when we come across problem areas and sicknesses and diseases, we just accept that maybe this is just the way it is. And you see, if that is the case, the devil is laughing all the way to the bank because you and I will not understand God's will and we will not be positioned to receive the great blessings that he has in store for us. I trust that you and I will have the courage and the strength 
to take these words and put them into practice for the glory of his wonderful kingdom. Be blessed in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen.